Welcome. My name is Nikki Jones-Stockreef, and I am the host of For the Love of Horses. In this podcast series, conversations with Daphne Hagmans will be shared on topics of horsemanship and a system of compassionate dressage training. I am an adult amateur and have been riding recreationally most of my life. In the last few years, I've been riding in the discipline of dressage with my Clydesdale thoroughbred cross-gelding Winston. My friend Daphne is an FEI rider and trainer and certified High Performance One coach with over 40 years of experience. We hope you are inspired to become a better rider and trainer for your horse. Each episode will cover a topic relevant to the sport of dressage and will end with a take-home message, quote, or reading recommendation. We also discuss strategies to improve your riding success between rides. Hi, Daphne. Hey, Nikki. How are you today? I'm great. Hey, that's pretty cool. We're able to do this from a distance this time. I know. Last time we were too close together in the same room and had to spread out. And now we're, what, how many kilometers apart? Many, many. (laughs) A lot. (laughs) Did you guys get a lot of snow down there today? We have tons of snow, which is um, good for our skiing and um, got the riding done. So gives us time to do our podcast. So maybe that's a good thing. For sure. So, um, so what do you want to talk about today? Well, I thought we'd talk about um, riding our horse forward with um, uh, kind of the emphasis on lengthening and shortening the stride, getting the adjustability in our horse's stride and why that would be important and where that comes up in horse show tests and um, how it can really help us with our horse's development. Okay. Yeah, that's something I've definitely worked on a lot in lessons. Well, I think it's something that comes up a lot with, um, you know, that whole visual of a dressage horse is this extended trot. And where does that start? It doesn't just start with extended trot. Um, you know, horses are, are bred now with bigger movement and maybe a bit more ability for those bigger gates. But, you know, how do we get that out of a, a more normal moving horse or, or develop those gates and make a horse stronger even when it does have the, the talent for that, the natural talent? But how do we, you know, get our our little quarter horse to have its version of a extended or medium gates. And and what are all those differences in those different medium gates, extended gates and so on. So maybe we could go through different ideas there. For sure. I think, um, you know, I remember when I first started off hearing about faster, not longer or longer, not faster and getting those two concepts mixed up. Can you help clarify that? Yeah, I think that's always a big one because we always hear so much, ride your horse forward, must go forward. And forward is not fast. And In fact, a horse could be going quite fast and not be forward or in front of the leg or pushing with its hind legs. Um, So we have to understand what what that means and how we ask that of our horse. So basically a horse can go forward in two ways. A horse can go forward with longer strides or quicker strides. So when you hear someone saying to you, ride your horse more forward, really you should be asking yourself or your, or your, your trainer, um, is that bigger strides or quicker strides? Right. So horses, horses are generally stronger at one of these ways of going forward. Um, you know, the ultimate horse would be perfect at both, but um, it's our job to, to recognize in our type of horse, which one they're stronger at and that we 
train and try to develop our horses more equally at bo in both. So I'll give an example of this. I mentioned like a, a quarter horse moving before, um, maybe a little bit shorter in its stride. So the short, quick strides are, are very easy for, for that type of horse. And it would find it more challenging to make longer, bigger, slower strides versus say, if you could picture a big warm blood that's trained in a, in a hunter way of going, that horse would have bigger, longer, flatter strides. This horse, would, it would be more challenge for it to work on exercises, develop shorter, quicker, higher steps. So okay. we want to be able to do both in our horses. So, you know, the work is in deciding which is not so easy for our horse and to help the horse do that. Right. I, I remember when I used to do eventing and um, sort of trying to adjust the size of the horse's stride between jumps that you could maybe put four strides between jumps or six strides between jumps. And obviously when you put six strides in, you're shortening that horse's stride. Uh, That's right. And I, and I think uh, uh, people that have jumped have a, a better feel for that and learn to adjust the stride. And of course there's bigger consequences if you miss that stride right. when you're jumping an <laughs> obstacle, especially a cross country obstacle. Um, and I think sometimes on the flatter dressage, people don't, um, work at that as much or have that appreciation for that. So, but we can put down poles and count the number of strides between them um, or count the number of strides on the short side of the arena and put in more strides or, mm -hmm. or fewer strides and learn to adjust that way. Right. And then the tempo. Um, so quicker strides, meaning like faster beats of a metronome or um, just uh yeah, just like a faster beat, but right. stride length, you're trying to keep the stride length the same. That's right. And we have to think of both ends of the range. So when we have bigger strides, we also have smaller strides. So bigger strides and smaller strides. And when we talk about quicker steps, we also have quicker and slower steps. So we have to work mm -hmm. that whole range. So mm -hmm. basically, there's two variables, the stride length and the tempo or the speed. And we wanna be able to control right. one and change the other mm -hmm. and know the difference between it. <laughs> so sometimes we get mixed up um, on, on what we're trying to do. So mm -hmm. sorting that out before we ask our horse to do it because the horse will always offer the one that's easiest for it. So maybe when you push your horse forward, if he likes those big flat strides, it's just gonna go big and flat. And you have to say, no, 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 wait, I asked for quicker strides. And yeah. you have to adjust that. Right. For sure. Um, I'm just trying to think about what the full range looks like. So in terms of, say, a Grand Prix horse um, in the trot, for example, can you describe what the range is? Yeah. So if we think of the range in, in all the gates, walk, trot, and canter, the trot has the, the greatest range. So maybe you have your young horse or your green horse that hasn't hasn't been adjusted in stride or or a novice rider and you think oh trot trot that's just one gear there's one speed or length of stride there's one kind of trot which will probably be our working trot that's often what we start with but in fact uh, you mentioned like a grand prix horse which may show all the range that has a much bigger range um we're going to have a very short trot to the longest and biggest trot and our job as training the horses through the levels is to, to develop that range. So we take that horse 
and or rider with one gear, one trot, and we're gonna get that variability in stride length. So if we take trot, for example, the shortest trot we're gonna do is um, ultimately is PF, where the horse is trotting on the spot. The next biggest trot is a passage, which is covering a little bit more ground. It's, got, it's a very heightened trot. It's a very collected trot. Um, the energy, the forward pushing energy is translated into cadence and height off the ground. Our next um, bigger trot is a collected trot. Uh, then we have the working trot. That's kind of in the middle. We mentioned that's kind of the starting point for most horses. Then we have the length and stride where the horse has a longer frame and a longer stride covering more ground, but still not coming too much off the ground. Um, then we have next the medium trot, <laughs> which is between the length and then the extended trot. And this is a very forward moving trot with impulsion, but the horse has more sit than in the length and stride. There's a, a clear lowering of the quarters, more cadence. The head and neck are slightly lowered. It's a very rounded trot, comes very off the ground. Could think yeah. of like trotting over Cavaletti that are turned up to the second height. Uh -huh. The horse lifts up in uh, off the ground more. Then the extended trot is the biggest, most ground covering um, trot that the horse possi possibly has without hurrying, still maintaining cadence. There's reach in the neck. The frame is lengthened a little bit. And then another trot that sort of fits in there is the stretchy trot which is shown in our lower level tests and we use for our warm-ups and so on. And the horse has a very long frame now. He's reaching forward and down, covering ground, um, a fair amount of ground and good, good expression with the hind legs reaching into the hand. So you can see all the different trots we've got to develop from our horse that at first had one single trot. Right. Um, I, so, I think of watching videos of Grand Prix horses and that extended trot how explosive it is and how their legs just kind of flick out in front of them it looks so powerful and beautiful right and in fact we have to look at the um the not flicking out of the front legs uh, but of the hind legs so there must be that uh. push from the hind leg um so that the horse um doesn't have what's called a false extension where right. the horse the leg does flick out and and if you think of it the the toe lifts up First. Okay. So the horse must come from the shoulder, the push from the hind leg, where the horse pushes his hind leg, uses the energy over his back, and he lifts first in the front through his shoulder, and then his forearm, and then his knee, and then his cannon bone, and then his foot. Right. If he drops the shoulder, he'll lift his toe first, and you get that, as you described, the flicking toe, which okay. uh, is, is not correct in the training and is also um, not good for the horse. It can lead to unsoundness and injury and so on. So when we look for that really expressive, correct extended trot, the cannon bones of the front and back leg must be parallel. So there's as much push and extension and lift of the hind leg as the front leg. Okay. And if you look at those flicking toe ones, you'll see that the hind leg, the toe is quite dropped and the cannon bone is not at the same angle as the front. The front will be quite a bit higher than the back end. So that's a good point to, to see that false extension. The horse hasn't been developed over the back and the strength and so on. Okay, interesting. So obviously uh, I need to watch those videos with a more educated eye or <laughs> sitting next to you perhaps. Yeah, we see a lot of different things, you know, different types of horses. They're all different and different training and so on. Um, but yeah, that's a great one to look for. 
if we look at the range, we can just, um, I think that trot has the biggest range and some of our exercises are gonna involve the, the trot, but um, maybe we could go through the canter from the shortest to the biggest canter as well. Sure. So um, what do you think the shortest canter would be? Ooh, canter pirouette? Yeah, a pirouette canter. So the horse is cantering the most on the spot to be able to perform a pirouette. Mm -hmm. And then next, next biggest, we'd have the collected canter then the working canter, the length and stride canter, the medium canter, and finally the extended canter. So we see a lot of the same, um, same expressions, same terms used as in the trot. Mm -hmm. What about in the walk? What have we got in the walk? What's our shortest walk that we have? Um, good question. <laughs> I don't know. Collected walk. Collected walk's the shortest walk that we have. Okay. And then we have medium walk, which yeah, the terms sound a little bit funny because we don't have working walk. We used yeah. to have working walk, then they changed it to medium walk, just to make dressage terms a little more complicated. Right, just to so the medium walk, me up. Medium walk kind of correlates with our working trot and working canter. You want to think normal or ordinary. Um, so it's medium walk. Uh, then we have extended walk, shown uh, third level and above. And we have free walk on a loose rein, which is shown in our lower levels. So right. we have different varieties so all of a sudden now we don't have just one walk one trot one canter we've got all these different gears within each gate and it's our job to develop this this range in our horse to develop a greater range and, and you know any any change in the range any development out of that one single trot or one single canter that they have is the start of the development of it you're not going to build in the first day from collected to extended that's going to take time mm-hmm and when you're working on these things, um, I know you've talked about being very mindful of what gate are you trying to do so that it's not just, well, this is the gate I ended up with, but really being the leader for the horse and say, no, I'm, I'm working on working trot or, you know, collected walk, whichever one it is, be very mm -hmm. mindful of, of what you're going for. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. So that, uh, or a good point that you're not getting dragged down to what the horse wants to do. That um, I often say to my riders, like put a label on it. What, what, what walk is that? Is that medium walk? Well, no, it's kind of between collected and medium, some combo move. So yeah, define it. Know, know the definitions of those gates and, um, and clearly describe it to your horse so that he can uh, understand what you want. Cause he doesn't really care. He doesn't care if he's not tracking up or it's not um, collected enough or it's not extended enough right you, you have to describe it to the horse mm -hmm. so is there are do you have any tips for riders who are trying to sort out this tempo change versus stride length change what what we can mm -hmm. do in between rides yeah we've got some exercises we can work on um, in the ride how about we go over that first and okay then, uh, sure we do that um, and, and just a, a note here that I tend to work on. So when, when we have, let's just first look at, sorry, um, the show test. So we sort of see when um, these uh, movements start to, to, to occur in the test. So when we have our, our training level test, um, we're working in working gates. So working trot and working canter. When we move up to first level, we have uh, working trot and working canter and also added in now is the length and stride in, in both trot and canter. Um, the collected and medium gates in trot and canter first appear at second level. 
And then at third level and beyond, the gates become collected, medium, and extended. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gives you a little bit of an idea of what we're going to train first. We're not going to train the extended gates first. However, I tend to, in my horses and riders, train. Um, I work on developing the medium gates um, and the length and stride is encountered on the way to this. I find that if I just work for length and stride in the horse or the rider, because we're moving into first level, I find um, that it tends the horses tends to teach the horses to be a bit long and flat, and then they get a bit stuck there, and then it's harder to develop the medium gates. So I always try to develop this idea of, of the sitting and the lifting off the ground and the lifting of the whole thoracic sling and the okay. horse's shoulders to get that length. So if we think back to our physics classes, I don't know how well everyone did in physics, but if we remember a trajectory, which was the bow and arrow, when you shoot the bow and arrow, if you shoot it up, it's gonna go further than if you shoot it flat or into the ground. So if we think of our horses like that, that are, that are um, sitting down, are coiling our horse up, getting him to sit more, then when he springs forward into those bigger strides, he's gonna come off the ground more and that stride is automatically going to be longer. Mm-hmm. If we don't do that sitting or coiling up first, and he's flat or level or pointing downhill a little bit, then when we push on for those bigger strides, he's going to hit the ground maybe even sooner and shorten the stride rather mm-hmm. than lengthen it. Right. Does that make sense, thinking of that bow and arrow idea? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you really have to get the horse to coil and um uses hind end in order to get that kind of trajectory up exactly so that when we're first teaching it just getting those first few strides where the horse lifts up that's that's all you need it's not can you go the whole 60 meters across the ring in fact that'll never work at first because the horse isn't strong enough to do it and you'll probably just pile drive them into the ground all the way and teach them to run long and flat Mm -hmm. so teaching that trajectory that coiling up that sitting aspect so we're thinking ahead to our medium trot gates. We'll get some lengthening on the way. I always love the expression, the better the collection, the better the extension. And in fact, every time I sit my horse down in the corner before an extension, I remind myself of that so that if I can just work a little bit more on that collection, a little more sit, it's automatically going to be a better extension. Right. Great. So that's so what exercises. Yeah, that's what do. we're working on with the horse. Yeah. And then what can we think of or or uh, look at in between rides that can help keep it clear in our mind? Yeah. So I think um, understanding that there's two exercises that I run through in the riding um, and training of the horses and riders. So in between your rides, you want to kind of get this sorted out because it can be a little bit confusing with is that bigger or is that smaller? Or is that faster? Or is that slower? What am I changing? There's a whole lot going on there. So um, watching videos of, of more advanced tests that maybe, even though you're not riding that level yet, that show that difference in the gates, that you can see the medium trot, you can see the extended trot. Um, so you have that visualization to bring to your horse. Going over this exercise, I'm going to give you in a moment, going over um, the idea of that so that you've got it clear in your head. If, if you don't have it clear in your head, you can't explain it to your horse. It's going to be just as muddled coming out to your horse. Yeah, um, it's so amazing how that. much the visualization can really help you remember 
something and and put totally. it into practice better the next time. And another thing is reading, um, you know, often we go to the rule book just to um, see what kind of bit we can use or see what length our whip is and so on. But the rule book defines all of these different movements, including all the different gates. So maybe reading over that helps you to go, oh, I didn't think about that. For instance, where does the footfall occur in extended walk, medium walk and collected walk? Right. Do we know, you know, where our horse should be tracking up, tracking over. For mm -hmm. each of those requirements. Then when we only get a five on our medium walk, we know, well, the horse didn't track over step. Um, not going to get a full mark. Right. Great. Well, that was so a really... So should we go through these exercises? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Let's go through them. So we want to, um, we want to be able to change stride length and tempo, but separately. So in the first exercise, you would keep the stride length the same and ask your horse to change the tempo. So you're gonna make quicker steps, not longer, and slower steps, not shorter. So for this one, the stride length stays the same. So you could think of setting up trotting poles and that's gonna be a measured distance. That's gonna be the same stride length all the time. And you could think of going over these faster and slower. So you've got the stride length the same and the tempo is changing. Complementary opposite exercise is that you keep the tempo or the speed the same and you ask your horse to make shorter strides, not slower, and bigger or longer strides, but not faster. So when you said about your preparation between rides, it's kind of keeping those two exercises separate and understanding which variable you're going to keep the same and which one you're going to change back and forth. Right. Good. So sounds complicated at first but um you know riding through it and really being aware of when you ask your horse to go forward is he taking bigger strides or faster strides perfect got it <laughs> it's clear in my now mind. it's just a lot of practice and remember <laughs> to reward approximation in your horse so even if he goes a little bit bigger instead of faster you got it give him a pat reward him maybe even take a walk and just process that in your head and then ask it again right i think the other thing that you've said to me is that you you only want to ask as much as the horse can do in good balance um so you don't want to throw your horse's balance off by asking for more than he can really do that's right we want to keep um as much as um, our horse can stay in good balance and self-carriage that we don't lose the cadence, the suppleness, the rhythm. And also for um, maybe a more novice rider is to not ride more than the rider can keep in balance. So maybe you've got a rider on a schoolmaster that has a great extended trot, but as soon as that horse kicks into gear for extended trot, the, the rider practically bounces right off the horse because she can't stay in balance with that trot. Mm -hmm. So for, in that case, for the rider on the school horse, starting to build their um, balance and being able to stay with the horse as it changes its gates back and forth. Right. Good. Yeah, good, good point. So any other tips that you have for us, Daphne? Um, I think that, um, you know, working on this in our, in our riding lessons in our school is great. Um, the two exercises between tempo and stride length can also take this um, 
to other places. You can use the trotting poles that I suggested. You can keep the poles the same distance and go through them faster or slower. You can um, change the width of the poles to make the steps shorter or longer. Um, so using poles may help you better understand this. What is the difference between lengthening and quickening, especially if your horse isn't too clear on that either. Um, the other thing is riding up and down hills. This works really well for horses not naturally built or bred to develop the medium gates or the collected gates because the horse will naturally engage their collecting muscles and shift their weight to the hind legs when they're traveling down a hill. So that may be a good place to mm. get the feeling of, oh, that's collection. Yeah, I felt my horse gather and shift his weight and he made smaller, more careful steps. That's collection. Horses naturally engage their extending muscles and develop push from the hind legs when they travel uphill. You have to keep them a little bit round. You can't just throw away the reins going up the hill because he'll kind of climb with his front legs. But I think that's where people really feel for the first time that real push and power of the horse in the hind legs. And it's that same push that we're trying to create when we're on the flat in the dressage ring. So I often find for uh, horses and riders, um, it comes so much more naturally training it up and down hills. And then they're already starting to build the, the muscles needed for that. So when you do it on the flat, it comes a lot easier. Great. I love that you can go for a hack and feel like you're getting some good work out of it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the best way to do it because it happens naturally. You don't have to feel like you have to kick and pound away at it because that'll never teach the horse anything. Put the horse in a position where it occurs somewhat naturally and give them a pat and then try to create the same feeling on the flat. And I think a big takeaway from this is always to remember that phrase I love is, and I, I'm sorry, I don't even know where it came from. It's probably from 30 years ago. I remember hearing this one, but the better the collection, the better the extension. That will always get you somewhere. That's a great takeaway to, uh, to keep in mind. That's great. Well, I hope your horse can collect a piaf one day and extend <laughs> to extended trot or somewhere in between. I think every horse has their version of the shortest possible steps, collected, piaf, and every horse can have their version of extension. They don't all look like filet rope, but they all have their version of it. Well, as long as we keep moving forward and making gains, that, that's what's important to me. So thanks for helping with this concept. I hope you have good success with it. Okay. Thanks, Daphne. Talk to you again Take soon. Take care. Have a great day. Okay. Bye.